0: Hey everyone, welcome to How's That Day, episode eight, a culture rundown with Tom and Phil. I'm Phil, Phil Wiedenheft, here to introduce you to my co-host, Mr. Thomas Bond. Each week Tom. And- hey. There he is. Each week, Tom and I we get together and we chat about how our days have been going, how our weeks have been going, and uh, you know, what our thoughts are on what's going on in the pop culture world. You know, a lot's going on out there, and we are here to break it down, tear it apart, chew it up, spit it out, and, you know, shit it out, whatever we're gonna do with it. And, uh, you know, so I'm going to, yeah, that's what we do. I'm going to start this week the same, uh, way I start every week with the same question that I have for my co-host, Tom. How's that day?
1: Day's good, Phil. Uh, it's been a while, um, for anyone who listened to the last episode, we recorded that in mid-April. It's now mid-May, so it's been almost a month.
0: Yeah, it's been a break. It's been a break. Yeah, it's
1: been a bit of a break. I was away for three and a half weeks down in Texas. And I just got back two days ago, so we're going to uh, shut this episode out quick. Hopefully post it soon so we don't miss a week, even though we're already uh, late on it. But um, yeah, the day has been good. Today is Wednesday, May something 16th. Is that right? I have no no idea what today. It is the 16th, yes. yes. So uh, today, um, I don't know if I mentioned this before, but I have arthritis or an arthritic-like condition in my left foot. And this has been one of those bad days. I
0: actually, I knew you had problems. I don't think I knew it was an arthritic condition.
1: Yeah, they tested for all types of arthritis. Like they tested for rheumatoid, for gout, for psoriatic. All those came back negative. But the results, they did like bone density tests and all this other stuff. And the results show what they define as an unspecified connective tissue disorder. Which basically means that my body um is treating the joints in my left foot as a disease like as a cancer so my immune system attacks my foot even when it's perfectly healthy. Ugh. Um, it's like that Bob Marley,
0: so, you got that Bob Marley foot?
1: I Guess man, I don't know. It's like my friends call me club foot cuz like every couple months I just am limping around for a few days but Yeah, I know you I know you can't the, run anymore. Yeah, I had to stop running cuz it was too um too much pressure. On the like too much impact, so I can do stuff like the elliptical or the bike, but none of that like hard stuff. I'm not supposed to play basketball, even though I still do. Um, but yeah, today's been one of those bad days, man. I just woke up, the like the whole ankle area on the outer side of the foot was swollen. Like the whole thing just looks like a big fat ball, limping really bad. I, I try to get, like usually if I uh, if I walk on it a little bit, it actually helps as opposed to keeping it still and letting it get stiff. And then I have these um, these drugs that my doctor prescribed me with some Advil, like anti-inflammatory stuff that helps a little. But yeah, today was today was kind of painful. It's better now. I was just in the hot tub trying to just like relax it off a little bit. Um, so I was dealing with that. No big deal. You know, it's weird. Um, what? Uh, well,
0: you just you were traveling back from your trip, and I traveled mm-hmm. back from my trip, and I also when I returned came back from, I was in Mexico. We'll talk about that probably at some point later, but I was in Mexico all last week as well. It's another reason we're delayed. And I came back and I suddenly had a huge cold come over me and my mouth swelled with canker sores. So like I suddenly like came back from my trip with all this kind of swelling in my mouth. So, like, I couldn't talk for, like, the first couple days after I got back very well. So, I'm just now kind of, like, got that down. So, like, both of us came back from our uh, lengthy travels getting kind of fucked up. Our bodies, like, rejected it or something.
1: Yeah, worse off than when we left. I think that's kind of normal, though. Like, a lot of people get colds when they return from a vacation or trip. I I know I get it a lot. Yeah. Like, your body, if you have kind of a weaker immune system, maybe your body just kind of reacts poorly to the change in environment
0: yeah and all the weird like weather changes too like we went from like to like beaches like stormy weather and all it's been crazy temperature changes yeah
1: we actually when i was down in texas my first uh at the end of the first week on a friday afternoon i went to bed that thursday night and um basically so i was down there um it's kind of cool. I can talk about it a little bit now. A script that I wrote with my co-writer, Sarah, finally got financed, and we were down there shooting it. Boom! So, yeah. Uh, we made our first feature. We First day of post-production was today. But um, So I was down there with her, and there was this one day that got a little crazy on set, and the location was moved, and we had to do all these rewrites kind of on the fly. So it was a super late night, and I went to bed at like The 2:30. old mill burned down. Yeah, pretty much And I had like a three hour turnaround And I went to bed like shivering And I thought it was just because I had the fan on in my bedroom And I woke up feeling okay And then suddenly at like 2pm that day A fever, like straight up fever Just hit me 100% I had never experienced it before Like I went from feeling okay to just Nauseous, hot Like shivering but breaking out in sweat And I had this weird like 24 hour fever While I was down there where I was just knocked on my ass, and then a day and a half later, I was totally fine. I don't know if it was just like stress mixed with exhaustion or whatever, but the
0: exact same thing happened to me when I saw Zombieland the first time. I sat down to start Zombieland in the theater, and over the course of the entire movie, by the end of it, I had the flu.
1: Well, scary movies are stressful.
0: Yeah. Anyway, so that was my that was my flu story over the short period of time. Go
1: ahead. Yeah, the foot's okay. the The sad thing is, as I was just telling Phil off Mike. I think. Got to take my cat Weirdo back to the ER. He's doing the same. God Squat damn that cat! And barely any peas coming out. Yeah, it sucks, man. I don't know. I don't know what to do with this guy. I told you, man. I'mor <laughs> I'm not gonna. If it was one of the other two cats, I don't give a shit about. I would, but I love Weirdo. Weirdo's my baby. I don't want to lose him. I mean, he'll be fine. It's just gonna be a pain in the ass, and I don't know. I got. I gotta like really do some research, find some experts, how to deal with this shit because. It's getting costly, and if it keeps up, I just—I don't know. I—I I, I don't know what to do anymore. But besides that, uh, man, you're—yeah, ma- you're—you're
0: saddening up our podcast, buddy. <laughs>
1: I'm Sorry, man, that you asked how my day was. This is <laughs> the shit we got to talk about. I thought I thought it was gonna be a good day, man. You're bringing me down. Well, the good—the the good news is, we shot our movie. It was one of the greatest experiences of my life. It couldn't have gone any better. I saw uh, the first 15 minutes of it just now, right before we rolled oh, cool. uh, a rough cut of it. It looks amazing already, even before we do any color timing and sound mixing. The performances are so good. Sarah, my writing partner and the director of the movie, just knocked it out. I mean, she was just unreal. You would have never guessed it was her first time directing a feature film. She was so professional and on point. We were on time and under budget. It was just the greatest experience. I had so much fun. I'll be able to. I'll talk about it more and more. I'm sure as the podcast continues and we get yeah. deeper into post and um, get closer to showing the thing to people. But yeah, long story short, there was um, it was an incredible three and a half weeks. Made a lot of friends. Had an amazing crew. Most of them were locals down in Texas. A few of the key department heads, like the cinematographer, the whole camera team, is from LA. Producers LA. Sarah and I, obviously actors but you know key grip lighting department makeup costume sound they're all local guys in the uh, blossoming austin film community and could not have been happier with how it turned out it was really an amazing experience
0: that's awesome i was, yeah yeah the uh i especially when you say on time and under budget that's crazy because you told you know less than 20 days on, on your guys's budget that's like an insane insane yeah. amount of time to shoot a feature film so you obviously mm-hmm. can only do that if you're prepared and have have a well executed uh crew uh, you know in on your yeah, team yeah we so. shot
1: we shot 107 pages in 15 days that's
0: fucking nuts man like that's like <laughs> it was crazy like it's just i mean i don't know how much people know about like p- film production but that's fucking nuts
1: besides sarah and matthias our cinematographer just they were on the same page from the beginning and we did as much pre-production as we could um they just knew what they wanted they kept it simple. We were fortunate that I was really five principal actors in just a few locations. But, I mean, considering the budget and the fact that Sarah had never made a movie, this was our first real script that we had. We sold one a couple of years ago, but this was our first real script, you know, that we won a couple of grants for and people kind of were paying attention to us for. We were punching way above our weight class in terms of the actors we got. I mean, we have Adriana Barassa from Babel. Uh, we have Camila Mendez from Riverdale. She plays Veronica on Riverdale. She's such an incredible young actor. Um, Manny Perez, who's this you know TV veteran who's been on so many shows like The Night of and Homeland. And then we had um, Charlie Weber, who's the male lead in uh, How to Get Away with Murder. Came on for a few days. They were just so on point. You know, it was it was amazing watching actors who can just. Do, do whatever is needed, like hit the same moment on point every single take. And then the slightest variance that they needed to apply, they could just do it in the moment. They were so good. Adriana is, she's actually an acting teacher as well um, for young students. Now that's kind of what she does uh, on the side of, you know, all these great performances that she puts on yeah. and the way she was mentoring our younger actors and just being like, a total sweetheart on set. I, I can't say enough positive things about her. She's like the aunt I wish I had, or something. She's the greatest woman <laughs> I've ever met. <laughs> she's so she's so sweet and so incredible, and she was just so kind and patient with everyone. And all the actors really loved Sarah. They really responded to her and respected her, and it was just a great vibe. It couldn't couldn't have gone any better.
0: Awesome, awesome. Yeah, man. Like, so you you guys are we're having two very different experiences like with movies this year you gotta do this one a much bigger scale with much bigger actors I am doing my own movie later this year but it's so much smaller it's like a micro budget very all local uh, Ohio crew uh, the complete opposite probably of what you guys are gonna do because mine's like like I'm gonna have more than 15 days on mine but you know like it's gonna be you know a completely different thing. So it's like much weirder days probably than what you had and not with a full professional crew. So it's kind of easier to have more days. So like, yeah, man, I can't wait to see your movie. You know, like we have another friend, Brandon, who's down in Texas. He just apparently made his first you know, feature film. Uh, shout out to him. I can't wait to see his movie.
1: The Bob Zula. The Bob Zula.
0: So, you know, I'm glad that like people, you know, I'm, I love that you guys are having success and I hope, you know, that the movie's great and has success and crossing my fingers for my movie to come through. I'm crossing my fingers for Brandon's movie to work out, you know, like I'm just glad that everyone that we went to school with is still working. And like, and you know, Daniela, our good friend is out in New York winning Emmys. She's doing great stuff. Like I just, I'm very happy with where everyone kind of ended up in their lives, you know?
1: Yeah, we knew we had a good classroom at New York Film Academy when we were there eleven years ago, and um, it's starting to pay dividends for everybody, which is great.
0: Yeah, like in persistence, like not, it didn't happen for anybody like overnight, and everyone's kind of doing their own thing, their own way, in their own places of the world. But like you know, like that's what you got to do, and I love that. Like everyone's still at it. I affirm I one day we will all be reunited. I believe that, and you know, like. I just yeah, I'm I'm really good mood about all of that and all the work that everyone's doing.
1: Yeah, we're gonna have a big old success orgy. It's gonna
0: be awesome. Fuck yeah, we're just gonna whip our dicks out. We're just gonna squirt all over everybody. It's gonna be a r- shower. It's gonna be great. I can't wait. We're gonna just dance. Spe-
1: speaking of that, I I didn't mention our our male lead. His name is Andres Velez, and I didn't mention him with the other actors at first because he is kind of an unknown at this point. This kid is incredible. He's gonna be. I don't know. He's he's like gonna be like the next Timothy Chalamet or something. He's so good. How old is
0: how how old is Because he? he better he's he, twenty three. Then he's he, um, he's already too old to be the next Timothy Chalamet.
1: I guess that's true. But he already booked he already has another movie that he booked at just like he's really the only actor that was a pure blind audition. Like he's the one who really had to go through a lot of just showed callbacks up. and extra yeah, work. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, from a pool of a lot of people. Because um, Camila was such a big name when she expressed interest, we were like, "Hell yeah, you should do this." And Adriana, we actually wrote the part for her all those years ago. I mean, I yes, I can we-
0: confirm that. I having knowing known Sarah just as long as you know you like she that is the person she has wanted for that role since day one. You know, yep. like that is all I've ever heard. I remember we like Babel when we were all getting together our first Oscar party. Babel was uh, the movie that was up that year. That was one of the big. That was the pan's labyrinth Babel, children of men Men year yeah the other one one. yeah it was the other departed one so like i remember she was all about that movie she was all about that actress and like that was one of the reasons i was super happy when i heard that like that's who you guys got for the role
1: yeah we we wrote it with her in mind for real and we got her but um yeah this kid andres he just killed it we saw him in a callback with a handful of other actors and sarah and i were just like this is this is paco this is our guy and I know he's already booked. Uh, I don't want to say too much about it because I don't know how much I'm allowed to say. But I know he already got another role, um, a pretty big part in a movie with Bruce Dern that he's about to go shoot in a month or two. That he got completely separate from us in this audition and it had nothing to do with our movie. He's just that talented. He's just going out there immediately after college and just nailing it. The kid's gonna be kid's gonna be big. I'm I'm really honored that we were his first movie set, and he was the nicest guy. Like he would just. He rapped a couple of days before picture rap and he just like hung out on set and offered to like help pick up shit like he was a PA. I mean, he's just like the nicest guy ever. And he's a huge film nerd. I, he actually saw my Instagram post about the podcast and he wants to come on. So we're going to have him as a guest sometime in the future.
0: Help! Bring it on! I can't. I I look forward to when we start having more and more people on. I think that's only going to happen more as we get further into these shows. I'm happy we're already on episode eight. You know.
1: Yeah, uh, we're actually doing it. But anyway, Phil, how's your day?
0: Oh yeah, my day. Uh, today was busy. Like the I went on vacation for a week, which kind of means I and I just got back. Uh, mine was my first. True vacation in many years. I have not taken. I've taken weeks off, or I've had some. I've had some longer weekends. But basically, if I've taken time off from work over the last, you know, whatever decade, it's been probably to work on some other project of some sort, or to go do something else. So it was. It wasn't to like actually just take a time off to go relax. So this was. Or my, you were like
1: between jobs or something.
0: Yeah, yeah. So like, I it was uh, never. I, yeah, it, it was. It's been a long time since like I've just been chilling on a beach with you know a, a fucking umbrella in my drink. Just did just, you just say umbrella? Yeah, you know little umbrellas, little mini micro like umbrellas in my you know the little fruity cocktail. You, you, you pronounce it umbrella, not umbrella. I I don't pronounce it any umbrella. I umbrella. Yeah, umbrella. Umbrella. <laughs> it's a, it's a fucking umbrella. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck you, but Wait, was it a wicked umbrella? Mr. Boston? No, it's it's
1: mm-hmm. an umbrella. No, umbrella. It's a, the the emphasis is on the brell, no. not on the
0: um. I, it's on the ella 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 a a a, right? What?
1: What? Give me one of those
0: um um. Give me one of those um brellas. Yeah, give me one of those brellas. <laughs> Look, man. I I'm from
1: the Midwest. I speak plainly. Okay. <laughs> yeah, you do. Anyway, t- so f- this was Phil's first time. Leaving the continental United States, first stamp in the po- uh, passport. Yeah, I love it. I'm so tell me about your trip to Mexico, Phil. Oh,
0: it was great. Uh, we had like it was a real adventure. We kind of did like two different things. We the first half was my fiance and I. Her name's Shell. She asked me to stop referring to her as my fiance. She's like, I'm a fucking person, you dick. So start calling me, you know, her name. Her name is Michelle. I call her Shell. Uh, everybody else, hi Michelle. Hi Michelle, if you're listening. Anyway, she's asleep in the other room. I'm sitting in the closet in the guest room, <laughs> in case you're wondering.
1: I, I knew that. Anyway, I'm glad everyone knows that now.
0: That's where I record, man. It's the best audio, and that's I make those sacrifices, and so I sit in the closet. So that's, you know, that, in, in case you're really wondering how my day is going, it's fucking midnight, and I'm sitting in my closet.
1: Could be worse.
0: Could be worse. But so we went to Mexico. It was a really, it was a nice romantic trip at first because we went to Tulum, which was uh, more of a off the beaten path kind of place, you know, like not quite. We were in a resort, but it was not a swanky resort. It was like, it it was like we were on a hut on a beach, like literally a hut, like no TV, no air conditioning, no mini refrigerator, like just a little fan and a bed and like four walls and like a really shady bathroom. Like, like shady in that lizards crawled through the walls, like as I was peeing, you know, like they would just crawl in cause it was a straw ceiling. Like literally we were in a hut and, but you were literally also 12 steps from the beach. So, you know, you're like, well, I'm not going to be like hanging out in the room all day anyway. So it doesn't really matter. So we were out on the beach all day. We were taking walks. We went to this restaurant. We we saw the Mayan ruins. We went on a cenote. So we like went swimming with the fish. That was great. I found out that I'm a natural snorkeler and I would like to go scuba diving. I, I want a fucking tank, man. I wanted to go down into those caverns and shit. Like, yeah, I, I, I really like that shit. I'm a fucking Pisces, man. I swim. So I was like, happy about that but really exhausted we're like riding bikes into like the heart of mexico like the, the city part and we're kind of trying to have the uh the quote-unquote authentic mexico mexican experience you know trying not to do that fakie resort bullshit the entire time we we're there so like that was fun great uh, and then her sister was getting married in a resort in cancun so then we went from there got on a bus Traveled about an hour or so to uh, Cancun, where we stayed in an all expense included resort, which was incredible, but just the complete opposite. You know, like we had a jacuzzi in our room, a giant balcony, giant, you know, plasma screen, all, all you could eat buffets, four restaurants, five pools, you know, everything. Like, everything was included. They had everything. It was like a mini city inside of this hotel, but they don't want you to leave. It's like Vegas.
1: I can confirm that Phil had a jacuzzi in his room because he sent me a full body shot of Phil wearing nothing but soap suds and bubbles from the jacuzzi just in his birthday suit. I assume Shell took the photo. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. Um, And... You look very hot. You're, you're, you 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 uh, you you've lost so much weight. You you got a good body on you, and you got like the right amount of chest hair. You know. Oh, thank you. It's like it's like, yeah. a, it's like a good manly amount of chest hair.
0: Alec Baldwin in the '90s is what I'm going for,
1: dude. I mean,
0: do you have those piercing light blue eyes? No, I have uh, dark brown eyes. Uh, my mom says because I'm full of shit.
1: Yeah, well, can't all be winners.
0: Yeah, but well, thank you, thank you. I've tried. I, I'm uh, I'm acting in the movie that I'm doing this fall. So, and part of that is I feel like I'm, I'm going to try and lose 15 more pounds. So, uh, that's, that's the goal right now. So I'm, I'm about to go on a, a, uh, a more intense diet than I've been on for the last several months.
1: Oh, fuck. Yeah. That was, that was about your diet. Just fuck diets suck.
0: Yeah. But you know, like from, I don't know, it's getting easier and like more fun for me, the more like
1: Nah, fuck that diet. Like, suck.
0: No, not like that. I enjoy dieting so much, but I guess in terms of like taking on things, you know, like my schedule's been really busy lately. You know, like we do the podcast. I have uh, two jobs that I'm kind of working right now. I'm making the movie. You know, I have my daughter. I have my fiance. Shell. You know, like I'm trying to see the movies. <laughs> good, yeah, yeah, so, good yeah. Save. Good save. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, uh, You know, got all this stuff going on. And it's like, you know, I feel like I, uh, I've i got school that I'm doing, so I have, like, essays that I'm writing and movies I have to squeeze in for that Oh, now. yeah,
1: you're in, back in school. Holy yeah, shit.
0: Yeah, man. So I'm doing a lot right now. Like, every day is just jam-packed, and it feels like the, the more I have to do, it's almost like, just throw another ball, man. I'll just keep juggling. Like, now that I've got all these balls in the air, it's like... Just add another thing to the list. It's fine. I can just kind of, it's it's almost like things are getting easier the busier I get, weirdly. I don't know how to explain it.
1: So, Well, I, I think that's true because if you are so busy, you don't want to fill your body with like fast food and shit. You're going to get tired and frustrated. If you're eating healthy, it's going to give you way more energy. So it's good, man. You're living yeah. life to the fullest. Yeah. And the, well, the last
0: time I ate Wendy's was when you were here after fish. Not oh, f- fuck you! Don't pin it on me. <laughs> <laughs> that was the only thing open. I don't. I'm not blaming you. I'm not blaming. Yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. It was just that we didn't have many options. And when no, and, a, and fish when goes late. Yeah, Wendy's was better than
1: McDonald's. You know that's so. It's fine. That's very true. So what was your favorite? Uh, I like that you did what you were saying. I like that you did both parts of the trip. Like you gave yourself some time to drink by a pool and lounge on the beach. But I love that you also went snorkeling, you went bike riding, you saw the Mayan ruins. What was your favorite part, if you had to pick one? The sex. <laughs> All right, if you had to pick two. If I had to pick two? um,
0: yeah. I liked the food. I would say I did not have a bad meal there the entire time. And yeah. you know after I mean I don't get me wrong I loved all the stuff we saw and it was a beautiful experience and I like I was I was joking but I'm kind of not joking about the like Pisces loving to swim bullshit like I fucking love being in the water man like it'd been a while since I've relaxed on a beach so just being out there it was good for my soul and but that said I ate so much fucking good food I drank a lot I I I had a great drink here's what happened man I I went up to, I, it's great to like learn from others at a resort and teach others at a resort that's what i I, because i saw what other people were doing and i'd be like oh that's a good idea and then i then i would notice other people seeing me do that and them registering like oh that's a good idea and it was nice to kind of like everyone was learning how to like live there with each other so like example being I went to the bar and I was kind of like, I'm not a big fruity cocktail drink guy, you know, generally like that's not how I roll. But you know, you're at a place like that, you're at the beach, you're like, you know, I'm not gonna chug dark beer all day. You know, what, what I found, I was like, oh, Here's this Australian. He's like, get me four icebergs. I was about to try an Australian accent, but I stopped myself. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, like, if you heard my voice curl a little bit. Uh, I, I decided. Like, no, get me an iceberg. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was going to sound like worse than Quentin Tarantino and Django Unchained. And I didn't want that to happen. <laughs> so and that's a bad fucking accent. I, hear, I He's like, get me four icebergs. And I was like, what the fuck's an iceberg? And it's this giant tall glass of beer with a margarita basically on top of the beer and i was like oh that's perfect like you get a little bit of margarita but it's not an overflowing overpowering fruit margarita it's just like the the rum you know part of the margarita so you get the soft icy part with a shit ton of be of cold beer on the bottom it's like this perfect cocktail and so i was like that's a perfect drink for wh- what i'm feeling right now so i'm getting i'm getting an icy beer and i noticed that every time i went somewhere with this beer at least two or three other men like older men would see it and be like, what the fuck is that? And I would explain them. I said, this is an iceberg. And I would, and they would be like, ah, and I would just always see them. It was great to kind of like let people know. So that was like, you know, those were the small, you know, pleasures I had on my trip.
1: Yeah. Those, those all inclusive places I've only done it once. Um I went to the Dominican Republic and totally did the straight up touristy bullshit part of it, but it was great. We were there for like four days and, you know, it was one of those same, same deals. Like, Adults only, all inclusive hotels, and you do get this like weird sense of community while you're down there, you know, because like so so few people actually leave at any point, because you know they have like six restaurants you can choose from, and they like yeah bring why would why would you into the hotel lobby like they had a circus come to the lobby and perform and all this weird shit, but it was mostly just like people drinking like coconut rum drinks or like chilling on the beach and uh, yeah I totally get that vibe. it's so relaxing when you're in an environment where you like where you can't leave so like your choices are limited anyway yeah it kind of just it, it kind of just frees you up to just be like all right let's just be lazy and drink and suntan this is awesome or burn in my case
0: yeah it's great to go to a steakhouse and like finish your steak and just like look at it and be like you know what give me another steak you
1: know, <laughs> <laughs> I I didn't do that, but I, I can see why that would. Be I
0: incredible. I didn't either, but I knowing I could do it felt great. So
1: this means that your diet didn't start on the trip. I'm glad to hear that.
0: Well, I think I actually ate very well for the most part. Like I, I'm pretty good, like you said. Like I mean, I, I still have a, a burger probably more than I should, and I, I'm still I still fall prey to the chocolate. I'm still very weak for chocolate. Uh, that if I could beat that demon. My life would be a little bit, you know, better in the weight loss department. But I generally, I'm eating a lot more veggies, a lot more rice, a lot more like, you know, basic, simpler protein meals. Like, yeah, I I don't really eat as much junk as I used to. I really, I try to avoid it. And I actually enjoy eating healthy now. I'm a bit more conscious about my body. So, like, if I'm eating unhealthy, I kind of, my body feels like shit now. So, I don't really like doing it anymore.
1: Yeah, shut the fuck up. Enjoy your chocolate. You're not a fitness model. Come on.
0: Yeah, but it's not, you know, it's not just, I'm not trying to be a model, but, you know, like, I, you know, I just want to feel confident, I want to be good, and, you know, it's
1: not about... I'm you a, are, you are a very vain person, so you need to, you need to look good in the mirror.
0: Well, you know, then I hear you on the other side of this fucking microphone always putting yourself down, and I'm like, this... <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but I'm actually fat, you look, you look good in, uh, just, um, hot, t- in jacuzzi foam.
0: You know dude your dick's been in plenty of beautiful women you you can you can <laughs> rap the fuck? <laughs> what the f-
1: I was in no way fishing for that yeah I don't but... know why you said that <laughs> uh, it's so weird uh how's that day episode 8 brought to you by legal zoom
0: yeah uh it's been brought to you by you know I tom's dick because it's beautiful and it can it it deserves a sponsorship because you know i would put it on a billboard but that yeah i've always i've always magnifying glasses i'll always speak highly of you to everyone i I, I don't like it how you put yourself down so like i'll be your kanye Uh, please don't
1: i don't want a kanye Kanye in my life especially not right now
0: i'm just gonna hype you up
1: i'm just gonna talk about i like being self-deprecating i think it's funny
0: Eh, you know, i always think of that scene in funny people when adam sandler goes to talk to seth Rogen. he's like why are you up there telling people about how you like suck in bed don't you ever want to get laid you know like i'm always like yeah that's right You're like i want to get laid
1: yeah but i'm i'm confident and charming when i need to be oh okay 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 and you know what i think uh i think self deprecation is a new form of confidence sure i just i don't know i'm drunk <laughs>
0: Okay, yeah, well I'm I'm tired and slap happy. So anyway, we have dance. Uh, so, this. Speak- out. all right so, speaking right. Spe- speak- speak- no 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 I'm keeping all the dick shit. I'm putting all the- I'm I'm doubling down on the dick. We're gonna talk doubling down on the dick. D- double the dick. All right. So speaking of Kanye, speaking of culture, let's get you know, let's talk about what we normally come to talk about. You're away on vacation or you're away making a fucking movie. I'm away on vacation all this shit passed us by because we're not recording for three weeks so people are like why the fuck are they talking about Isle of Dogs like no one else is talking about Isle of Dogs anymore and we're like you know we're behind guys I'm sorry so right. now we're gonna catch up on what we missed out because we were still you know you got you found a chance to go see the Avengers you found a chance sure to, you found a chance to get on YouTube and watch This Is America you know, many you, times. So there's, we got plenty to talk about. Let's catch up on the month. Let's, you know, see where we're at, at the end. And then next week we'll be back on track with your current shit. Cool. So, all right. You want to start with the Avengers?
1: Let's start with the Avengers.
0: All right. Avengers talk. Spoiler talk. I'm sure everyone's fucking seen the Avengers by now. It's been how many weeks since it's been out? Three or yeah, four. If you
1: haven't seen it by now, you don't care.
0: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. So we're going to talk about the ending probably right, right away. So spoiler talk for the Avengers starting now. Avengers boom
1: the entire time I knew him he only ever had one goal to wipe out half the universe if he gets all the infinity stones he can do it with the snap of his fingers just like that
0: tell me his name again Thanos Huh, yes. Tell me what you thought of the Avengers.
1: Okay, I saw the Avengers, uh, let's see. It was we had the weekends off from the shoot. Um, Sarah and I still had some work to do, obviously, but we were we were able to mostly relax on the weekend, which was good. And Sunday night before the second week of shooting began, uh, we had a little house party because Sarah, myself, and another friend rented an Airbnb. So some of the actors came over, we were chilling, and then late at night, um, our buddy Andres and the actor Andres, who I just mentioned, the three of us decided to go see The Avengers. And obviously all the women were like, you losers, go have fun. We're not going to join. So it was the three of us. Fuck We, them. Went, to, we went to like a late night show. Um, and I gotta say, I really liked it. I was surprised. I had low expectations coming off Black Panther, which was, you know, one of my favorite Marvel movies to date. But I was definitely a little fatigued, um, which I have been for probably the last like six Marvel movies. Are you? You're you're fatigued? I said I I, I was kind of fatigued going into the Avengers.
0: Okay, I was going to say because I'm actually the opposite. I'm feeling more rejuvenated right now by Marvel. But anyway, we can talk about
1: that after after the Avengers. I agree with you. But I went in thinking, like, yeah, no, I'll see the Avengers. I'm sure it's a big deal. But then, so we waited until the Sunday, late Sunday night of opening weekend. So, like, everyone had already seen it by then. And I started hearing word of mouth about how kind of crazy it was. So I definitely got a little more excited. And before we get into the ending, I'll just say what I really liked about it ultimately was twofold. But ending notwithstanding. One, I thought Thanos was a great villain. I thought he was very... um, interesting to watch i think his his motives were clear and they made sense to him um a few like plot holes notwithstanding and i also liked that the first hour and a half of the movie were these separate short films where they didn't try to cut back and forth between they have all these characters and all these superheroes in this movie and instead of just trying to cut back and forth between all of them They just set up one at a time. So the first we see Thor, then we get the guardians, then we get Iron Man and Dr. Strange together. Then we go back to the guardians and it's just, I thought it was really, really well paced in a way where each sequence played out like a little short film with a satisfying beginning, middle and end before we moved on to the next.
0: It's very clean.
1: Yes, it was very clean. And by the time we reached the big 45 minute action packed finale, where things got a little muddled and crazy, we understood exactly what was going on, what the motive of every character was, what Thanos' mission was. It's such a simple story in hindsight. It really is. Thanos is trying to get these Infinity Stones, these good guy superheroes have to stop them. Chaos ensues. Like, that's the whole plot of the movie. Basically, yeah. It was executed very well. And then we reached the ending, and it's just, like, jaw-droppingly crazy to me what happened. Like, I don't even care... If any of it holds up or none of it holds up, I don't care. Uh, Like, I've heard a lot of blowback saying, like, yeah, but none of it matters. They're not going to stay true to what Thanos did. And maybe not, but it mattered in the moment. And, like, all those characters had to feel that and deal with that. And I thought that was a very cool way to end what felt like the the closing of a major chapter in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, I guess. I, I like that it added on such a down note.
0: Yeah, I agree. I, I generally would agree. I enjoyed the movie for what it was. I, I think it's hard for me to watch a movie like that as a movie because, like you said, I was kind of looking at it in terms of, like, how did they put this thing together? Like, you know, like you said, you're kind of looking at it like, oh, they did it the short story version because when you're watching, you're like, oh, I can see how they can get this group of actors together and it's not like there's so many scenes with a 30 person scene, you know, where Nick Fury sits down and organizes the entire cast together. Like, it, you know, that, yeah. that seems like a, a scene that would be impossible to manage. So what they've done instead is break it apart, and you can kind of say, like, oh, this is probably much easier to manage in terms of schedules, in terms of production. It's like, okay, we're going to do these sets and this storyline for this stretch of time with this production, and then the second unit's going to be over here doing those. And, it, you know, you can see how it's easy to get certain people in there and, who never have to interact with any other cast members throughout the movie. And, I, you know, so for me, sometimes as someone who wants to make movies and wants to write movies and stuff, it's hard to, like, not kind of deconstruct the actual, like, production of the movie, especially because, like, a movie like this has never been done before. And that's what's kind of crazy about it is, like, how are they going to manage 30 fucking characters that we all know and love? And, like you said, the answer is cleanly, very simply, and they do the opposite of what something, like, Batman versus Superman did, which is, like, let's take what should be a very simple concept and make it the most convoluted, hard to follow plot that no one understands like what anyone's motives are. And so by the end, you don't care and they do the opposite route. They have a hundred times more characters, but you never for a moment are lost. And that's really, that's really, you know, really cool and admirable. And I really enjoyed that. That said, you know, like, my investment in the storyline probably remains the same as it always has been, which is that I see these movies opening weekend. I thoroughly enjoy them for the most part. Maybe some of them I'm like, yeah, that was fine. And some of the other ones, I think that was really great and really entertaining. And then I never really care about watching them ever again. That's, that's my relationship with Marvel at this point.
1: So after this movie ended, you weren't curious to go read up about it and see what the reaction was. And no, uh, I'm not saying to- I'm just
0: saying I don't like need to go see it again in theaters. It's all right. I, I, like I would, if someone wanted like really wanted to go, I would be like, fine. Cause it's an easy watch and that's, you know, to its credit and it's an uh, entertaining and I like these characters. I like this cast generally. I like some of the, I like, I'm a captain America fan. I like that. Those movies way more than I like the iron man or guardians of the galaxy movies. And I like, so, and you know, and I really loved black Panther. So for me, The last couple ones have been some of the better, more auteur driven, uh, like weirder Marvel movies where people like, I like how they're differentiating themselves tonally from movie to movie. So like, but yeah, I'll definitely read up and I like seeing the reactions and I definitely had my own reaction to the ending, which was probably closer to what some people happen where at first I kind of shrug because you're like, yeah, I know they're not going to fucking kill off Black Panther. You know, but, like, obviously, you kind of, like, know that. But, like you, I agree. Regardless, it's a cool way to, like, end the movie and see. It's a, you know, because you got to get them at their lowest at the end of this movie. So, for the next movie next year, they can fight back. That's how these things work. And that's how comics have always worked. And complaining about that seems a little
1: silly. Well, it's a double-edged sword. So, I, there was a, I forget where I saw it, but it was um, an excerpt taken from, uh, a somewhat negative review of the movie and the critic basically complained about the storytelling choices in the movie and the way all the characters are introduced and what they basically said was you're just dropped into these sequences with all these characters with no backstory of where they're at at that point in the story what their mission is why they're all there together etc and part of me's th- uh, a large part of me thinks like Well yeah you fucking idiot This is like part 19 in a film series They're yeah. not, not going to go off of standards That would be so boring If they had to set up Every single time they continue this story. This is an ongoing side. This is like a, a TV show at this point. You yeah. Know? Like it, a super big budget television show.
0: That's definitely the thought I had watching the movie, was that it's a huge television show at this point.
1: And to to want that, to want every character to have to do this exposition number where we're at, it's just a different way of filmmaking right now, where the, the filmmakers are just saying, okay, we're going to assume you've seen most or all these movies, and you're going to be able to catch up with us. Because we want to focus on this story now and these characters. And what you're saying about Ma- Batman versus Superman, they get so unnecessarily convoluted in that story where they mistake the forest for the trees, right? Like, they think, if we can bog you down with, like, the minutia of this superhero mythology and what the bad guy's plan is and all this stuff of, you know, the backstories of Batman and Superman and pay pay homage to like what's happened in previous comic books they forget to tell the story they're trying to tell yeah and this this movie says okay these characters are at where they're at we assume you know that we assume you know why we're opening the movie with thor and loki and why they're there because you watch thor ragnarok and if you don't know why you'll figure it out and if you don't figure it out you'll at least be invested because we're focusing on these characters now and that's what matters so like what I thought they did really well was just drop you in a place and say you're going to get attached to whatever's happening right now. And I think they did a really good job of that. And that's why I think the ending works so well because whether or not it it holds up, like the, I, I thought the emotional impact of the ending was actually pretty powerful. Like when Iron Man has to look at Chris Pratt and Chris Pratt's about to disintegrate. What's his name? Star-Lord? When Star-Lord's about to disintegrate, and Pe- he just Peter Quill. Peter Quill is about to disintegrate, and Tony Stark just looks at him and says, Don't go. And he sees Peter Quill sees himself dissolving and just does that quiet, like, Oh no. It's like really heartbreaking. Or when the Spider Man one's got me, man. Yeah, when Peter Parker's holding, like, being helped like a son and just begging that he doesn't want to go, that's like saving Private Ryan shit. Or when. Rocket has to see Groot dissolve and you find out that what Groot was saying to him was dad as he's about to die. Like that shit is heartbreaking or Captain America seeing Bucky go and everyone's just so confused and it's so quiet. It's this really eerie, eerie like mass murder scene and it weighs heavily on the characters. And I think it works because you get invested in those characters. They're, they don't care about serving like comic book nerd mythology to the nth degree. But the downside of all of this dropping you in on episode 19 of a story is the backdrop of that ending is people are just going to automatically assume that episode 20 is going to solve the problem. So for a lot of fans, I think it kills the weight of that ending. Well, whereas par- part of me wishes they wait four years to make another Marvel movie and like really let fans sit in this and deal with this, you know, because Spider-Man is dead. All of the guardians except for rocket are dead. Black Panther is dead. Bucky is dead. Doctor Strange is dead. Like, so many people are gone, you know? Here's one thing I will say.
0: It is easy for nerds like us to, I think, sometimes lose track of this. But I was reminded, I have a great plane story. I don't know, you know, I could probably throw it in here um, at some point. But these two women on the plane on my way home from vacation and the movies that they chose to watch on the plane and the discussion they had of those movies... Tells me so much about the American movie-going public. Anyway, uh, I can tell about talk about that later. But generally, what I was going to say is, it's incredible to me when I walk around and talk to people about who who don't follow movie news websites like us or have a lot of Twitter followers who like post news headlines or something like that. You know, who aren't in the know like the way we are, and it's incredible what they don't know or what they assume because you know and also like also a cynical we're cynical 30 year old guys who are like watching these movies like an eight year old watching that ending and watching spider-man fucking die that's probably that's fucking scarring man (laughs) and you know so that's you know they're not ready for that so like we're we're all cynical old dudes like if i watched infinity war when i was 10 i would have been like holy shit holy shit you know that would have blown me away
1: and you know uh, I, to be fair i am definitely not a cynical old dude i think my love of really shitty movies throughout this podcast has proven that but
0: well anyway i just mean you know in terms of like we're watching it and we're thinking like oh you know whatever they have already signed the contracts on the spider-man movie and the black panther movie like they're not gonna have right, a bi- yeah. you know, like i'm saying that in terms of like we know at least in some of a business sense that like no way but like i was at the fucking dentist man and they were like talking about, oh, you're going to see that new Avengers movie this weekend? And she was like, oh, I haven't seen any of the any of the movies leading up to that and she's like oh you know like i really liked black panther and the woman was like oh black Panther's part of that series oh i liked black panther like i didn't know that was part of this and i'm just like are you kidding me like how do you not like you saw black panther loved it and didn't realize it was a marvel movie and then like so i hear stuff like that all the time or i'll talk to people at work who i'm like yeah but you know they're releasing another one next year and they're like are they oh my god thank god i had no idea i thought everyone was just gonna they're just gonna leave it like that and I'm so like, I'm, you know, constantly amazed when I talk to the general public about like how ill-informed they are and they, you know, what they, like, what experience they're having with these movies compared to what us nerds are having.
1: Yeah, it goes back a lot to what we were talking about when we talked about The Last Jedi and Force Awakens and how these movies ultimately should be for younger kids. You know, we're just we're just huge film fans who haven't really grown up and just love yeah. the entertainment. Yeah. I hope 10 year old Spider-Man Uber fans cried watching that movie in, a, in not to, not to sound cruel, but like in an impactful way, you know, I hope it like really hit them in a meaningful way. That's going to like cement their love of movies, you know? Cause it reminds me of like, you know, kids seeing empire strikes back, you know? Like, it's it's endings like that that really do stick with you for a long time. I mean, granted, they have much less of a wait to get it all sorted out. I'm sure there'll be something with Ant-Man and the Wasp that alludes to it and maybe drop some clues as to what is going on at the end of Avengers. I don't know. I, it, does uh, Captain Marvel come out before or after the second
0: Captain Marvel, com- com- par- 4. it comes out before. This is the genius of, Mar- of Marvel. And this is also kind of like what I admire about the movies. Even when I'm not like, oh, obsessed with them, I have to know everything about Marvel. It's more like I can just watch and I'm just like, man, Kevin Feige's a smart motherfucker. Because this movie ends. The teaser is that Nick Fury is calling for help and he disintegrates too. And you see that on his thing is the symbol for Captain Marvel. And it's like Captain Marvel. You're like, okay, so Captain Marvel's coming. So what's going to happen? In March, the Captain Marvel movie comes out. So everybody's going to go see that. They've already said it takes place in the 90s. So it takes place before all these events. So we're going to find out everything about Captain Marvel and her powers and how she relates to all this. Then come May or whatever the next uh, Avengers movie comes out, everyone knows who Captain Marvel is now, and suddenly they can like insert her into the story. I'm just like, man, they're just like, like you said, it's a TV show, and they're just like programming the episodes perfectly.
1: And they really are. It's just it's so fun to follow. Like even when some movies aren't winners, it's just it's crazy and so impressive that they've created. You know what it reminds me of is um, Phil will know this, but. When the last Harry Potter movie was about to hit theaters. Yeah, I know what you're going to say. I, I, I had never seen any of them, and I decided to just, like, binge-watch them all over the course of a couple weeks to go see Deathly Hallows Part II in theaters, because I realized, like, this was really impressive, what they were able to pull off with the Harry Potter movies. You know, it was eight movies spread out over a, over a decade. Same cast, yeah. The same principal cast and like, this murderer's row of talented British actors— they were all well-reviewed. I mean, they seemed to get better reviewed as they went along, with a couple exceptions. And it was finally coming to a close. And just as a big movie fan, I was like, you know what? I want to be a part of this, because this seems really cool. Um, and I was really rewarded. I ended up totally loving that franchise. Yeah. And Mar- Marvel's doing this on in a different way. um, with more ups and downs, I guess, as it goes, but they've really created like something so unique and crazy and all consuming. Like I know it's known as the Marvel cinematic universe, but it really, it really is its own beast at this point. Like it's something wholly separate from the rest of film going in a, in a way that's, that can get maybe a little tiresome and start to feel repetitive or bland, even though they've started to shake up the tone a little bit with, like Spider-Man Homecoming and Thor Ragnarok and then Black Panther. But it really is just like this crazy unique experience that's going on right now that I think is just really fun. Like whenever a new Marvel comes out, I get excited and kind of just start to think of the past movies and like what haven't I seen yet? Where did we leave off? It's just kind of fun to like dip in and out of over all these years.
0: Yeah, and I've really enjoyed, like I said, the way that in recent years, like you were saying you're getting burned out kind of on them, but... For me, I really feel like even if something like Ant-Man isn't my personal favorite, I was like, oh, I like that they made that a slapstick kind of comedy that was commenting on itself a bit more. And they kept the scale and the stakes really small and personal. They didn't make it about, you know, the whole world being under threat. And I was like, oh, that's a smart move on that. And I also liked, I was like, starting to notice like, oh yeah, the Captain America movies, they're doing, you know, as political espionage action thrillers. And then you're like, oh, and then they're doing the Guardians of the Galaxy movies as these space opera weird movies. And then like, especially come Spider-Man Homecoming, which I just thought was such a blast and such a, as a lifelong Spider-Man fan, that was such a refreshing watch. So I was like really energized. I was like, oh, finally, we got a great villain out of the Vulture. I love this Spider-Man movie. This was the best thing I've seen. It might be my favorite Marvel movie. And then Black Panther comes out and that's such a distinctive voice from Ryan Coogler. And it's such a breath of fresh air in a lot of ways, uh, like visually and the storytelling and its ambition. And, you know, there were certain Marvel conventional things about it too. Sure. Like I can grant that, but at the same time, like so much of it was exciting and new. So I kind of had this like reignited excitement for Marvel that, you know, in years past have, you know, I haven't seen the movies right away or I went to stress. Uh, like I went like a two years. And I was like, I don't give a shit about superhero movies. I'm burned out. I'm done. But right now I'm feeling pretty good about them and I'm excited to see where they're up to that's I'm not super excited about Captain Marvel but I am excited about you know the next Avengers but that said I will see Captain Marvel because I'm a sucker and Marvel gonna get my
1: money I'm gonna see Captain Marvel because I love Brie Larson
0: oh yeah I I fucking love Brie Larson and the directors it's, it's fucking nuts who's directing it you know like like do you know who's directing that thing
1: I forget
0: It's the couple that did Half Nelson and Sugar. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm 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 blanking on their names. Hold on, like give me Uh, two seconds. But
1: yeah, the guy and girl team. Yeah, of course. The guy and and girl Sugar. I haven't I haven't thought about Sugar. Fleck Fleck and Bowden. Yes. Anna Fleck and what is it? Ryan.
0: Ryan Fleck. Yeah, and it's kind.
1: And isn't it Anna Fleck? No,
0: it's Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck.
1: Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Right. Yeah, Sugar was a pretty good movie. I really Half Nelson was great.
0: I really like Sugar. I really, I love Half Nelson, and I do not like it's kind of a funny story. But okay, it's a. Never saw that one. It's it's fine. It's just kind of like an indie movie that I've seen before. Yeah, but anyway, excited for that. All right, so here's a lightning round of questions I have for you.
1: Oh, I love it! I love getting questions.
0: Who's your favorite Avenger?
1: Uh. hmm. Does it have to be like the original Avengers or no, anybody no, no, no. who's in that no. movie? Be whoever you want. Uh probably Vision, just kidding. Vision sucks. Uh <laughs> Spider-Man.
0: Spider-Man just generally like or in these movies. This this iteration of Spider-Man. Very nice. That's yeah, I I might agree there. I uh, I'm n- I've never been as big on the the Tony Stark train as uh, many people are. I I think Iron Man is perfectly fine and that's about it. But that's the other thing. Second question, is the biggest surprise of this series the incredible amount of love and respect and fandom that Chris Pine as Captain America has garnered? Um, like, people, like, when he showed up, man, my audience was like, holy fuck, yes, Captain America is here. And I was just like, man, this is a character I don't know that I could would have ever believed would have worked like that before.
1: Well, it's funny, because I think before Captain America, I always, I think, Chris Pine was kind of like a a pretty boy actor, right? I like, like I liked he?
0: him a lot in Sunshine, but outside of that, he was just like the whatever. Oh He's, yeah, he, he
1: was he was in Sunshine, but
0: yeah. but like that felt like someone using him right, but he was still kind of doing that same thing in Fantastic Four and not another right. not another teen movie. Like he was a goofball. He was a goofball. Oh, he
1: was good in he was good in not another teen movie though. Yeah, yeah,
0: that's a funny. Movie, He's though. really
1: good in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know what? I think at this point it's not surprising because. That Captain America trilogy was the best thing Marvel did for a long time, for the first like eight or nine years of their existence. That's my favorite trilogy, the, without a doubt. Yeah, really. the, those were maybe like in a row, the three best Marvel movies, uh, up to like last year for me. So not surprising. I think they, they've done a really good job with his story. Oh, yeah. Uh,
0: the, the way they've handled him and the, the Chris Pine is doing a performance that I don't think he he might he, he might never get the credit he deserves for how difficult it is that he's the tone that he's, you know, the tonal tight walk that he is walking. Yeah, for sure. The, uh, all right. Next question. And the most important question. Do you know anybody or have you read anywhere? Someone who enjoys the Incredible Hulk as much as I do. The Edward Norton one.
1: <laughs> or the Angley one.
0: Or the Angley. Um, I, I, that one's getting some defenders. I've met some. That one's growing a cult because it's so fucking weird, man. Of course it's going to grow a cult. I think I probably like the,
1: the Incredible Hulk as much as you. Hot. We both had a blast watching it.
0: I'll never I'll never forget the first time we saw The Incredible Hulk in theaters. It was one of my favorite theater-going experiences of all time.
1: Yeah, it was pretty great. That I mean, that probably plays a lot into my love of it because I honestly don't think I've seen it since.
0: Oh, I yeah, same here. But you know, I it's so it's so hot in my mind, and everyone kind of trashes Norton. But I remember being like, whatever. I thought Norton was. Tr-. I remember Norton was a real Hulk fan and was really invested, and I think that was Marvel's problem. They're like, you're too, you care too much, Norton. Back off.
1: Do you wish Norton was still involved or are you fine with Ruffalo?
0: I'm fine with Ruffalo. Although that said, I think Mark Ruffalo was one of the worst acting jobs in the new Avengers movie. He's kind of yeah. he's kind of playing it as this like goofy aweshucks shucks like jaw yeah, dropped jaw, jaw dropped like guys, oh my god. Like he was kind of like the shaggy of the movie is my is what yeah. I'd say
1: he should have been a little more tormented that he can't help out.
0: And I actually, yeah, I don't really understand like what the Hulk's just hiding. He's just, he got beat up and he's scared of Thanos. Like, I don't quite understand like what that storyline's doing. I, I, yeah. I but I, at the same time, like you said, it's like a TV episode. I'm kind of like, ah, I'll find out in the next one. Like, it doesn't feel like I can review it like a regular movie. You're like, the rules are different here.
1: Yeah, the, the Hulk's going to have a comeback, for sure. Yeah, sure. So, so so will everybody else. All right,
0: anything else you want to say about uh, the Avengers? Uh, uh, we also, we have talked privately. I asked you before the movie came out, does the Avengers make more than Black Panther? And you said you thought Black Panther would make more domestically, but internationally, Avengers would do better.
1: Yeah, and I think I'm wrong on that first one. I think Avengers yeah. is clearly going to smash all of it. Yeah, it's disgusting. It's good. Yeah. <laughs> I honestly think the ending has played a role because I think a lot of people have come out and said, like, you, you kind of got to see what they just did.
0: Yeah. I went, I, I mean, I, went, I was going to go see it anyway, but that's why. I, I. Here's the thing. I really love going to see that shit on opening night because I really hate to be spoiled. And it was a good crowd. I, I like seeing it with the crowds. Those types of movies I really enjoy. You know, they're, I like seeing it with those nerds. I re- I still enjoy that experience.
1: Yeah, uh, when we saw it Sunday night, it was obviously still like a sold out screening, and it was great. I mean, uh, quick story. So I went again, like I said, with the two Andreses and the young Andres, the actor, Andres Velez. He's a he's a huge cinephile, like filmstruck subscriber. We spent most of the film shoot talking about movies, and he's still in that like post college phase, like we were, where he's like discovering all these old things and getting super excited and like we were giving him a little shit for being kind of like a movie snob but in a healthy way like he's still totally down to go to marvel movies and stuff like that so the other andres is is a big superhero fan so we go watch it it's me andres the actor and then next to him is the other andres who's our age and the ending hits and i'm hearing like sniffling in the crowd people are really sad especially when black panther dies and the credits hit And I look over, and the superhero fan Andres is, like, his jaws on the floor. Like, he cannot believe what he just watched. And actor Andres just starts cackling. Like, the theater is (laughs) deathly quiet. And he just starts laughing uncontrollably. And, like, people are looking at him like, what is wrong with this kid? And I thought he was mocking it at first. And then I realized he was just, like, he was legit impressed That they went as bold as they did. And he was like, dude, that was like the Red Wedding. I can't believe it. (laughs) And he's just laughing over the end credits while these people in the back are like crying because they're favorite superheroes have just been killed. And the other Andres is just staring at me and looking at him like, what is wrong with this fucking kid? It was oh man i'll cherish that memory it he, was great
0: he'd pull out a cigar and just start cackling as he as he puffed it. <laughs> that's it
1: that's what it felt like like i couldn't <laughs> stop telling people that story for the rest of the film shoot yeah. it just it was uh it tickled me i really yeah. enjoyed it
0: yeah tell me cape feared the place so exactly all right so you and i two white boys have talked extensively already about rap with kendrick lamar and atlanta and some other Mm -hmm. things, but we're just gonna keep diving back into it, baby, because we don't cur. So we're gonna jump into Donald Glover, Childish Gambino, This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. This is America. Don't catch you slipping now. Don't catch you slipping now. Look what I'm whipping now. Look how I'm kicking up, I'm so pretty, I'm on Gucci. I'm so pretty. I'm, so pretty. I'm on to get me This is selling.
1: That's a tool. Yeah. My code Oh,
0: on the bands on the bands on the bands. Contraband, contraband, contraband. I got the plug on Wahaka. Whoa, they're gonna find you that like pocket. Tom, mm hmm. So, like, I'm sitting there, I'm on vacation, I'm minding my own beeswax, and suddenly I start looking at my feed, and suddenly, like instagram twitter everything are just snapshots of donald glover's back and everyone's just like childish gambino donald glover you are a genius thank you for this and i'm just like what's going on here so i I scroll through i realize what's happened so I, i had not watched twitter or uh saturday night live the night before so i'm seeing all this i think sunday morning and i look at it and i watch the video and i think hot damn that is a very good video With a lot of, like, I was like, some interesting symbolism. I had a theory on it, and I go away. And then I come back several hours later, and I realize this is a phenomenon that everyone's obsessed with and has continued to be obsessed with since you uh, first texted me about it and we started talking. So I'm curious. You know, a a lot of people have talked about it already. We're still, you know, we're catching up here, people. We're behind. So we know a lot of people have already given their takes and their interpretations. There's already parodies out there that are stupid, and I haven't found any of them funny. And... all this stuff. So, where are you at right now with "This Is America"? You still bumping that on your Spotify? You still watching the video a bunch? Like, what are you up to these
1: days? I've probably listened to it on Spotify like three or four times, but I've watched the video legitimately forty times.
0: I've watched it a, a good—I'd say—not n- only just because I've watched it myself, but it's one of those videos I've been show you show people. You know, like, oh, you haven't watched it yet? Let me let me show it to you. And yeah. so, I, I've watched it a lot that way.
1: Here's the thing: uh, not only with this, but with the way people consume entertainment nowadays. So this drops while he's hosting SNL. Like, I don't know if someone had his Twitter account or he literally just tweeted it out during a commercial break. I still haven't seen the SNL episode. It's on my DVR. I'm I'm waiting to watch it uh, when I can really sit down and enjoy it. Because I know he performed it live as well, and I'm just pumped to see him do uh, sketch comedy, because Donald Glover is the man. He's a legit genius. But this... I think this music video... Combined with the song. The song itself is good. But when you watch it with the music video, I think it's one of the best things I've seen in music in a few years. And I don't say that lightly. I truly believe it. And the weird thing is, it got so hyped and blown up. And now we're already at the point where like people are mocking it or trying to downplay it. And like you cannot like it. It's fine. But the weird thing I find with the way we consume things so rapidly and digesting so quickly and and just obsess over shit is people need to find a way to knock it down right and it's almost like it's like there's this defined set of time where you can see or listen to something and really appreciate it just for what it is before like the hype takes over and then you go in if you haven't seen it yet like if you haven't watched this is america yet you're going to go put it on and, and you're almost going to be on the defense of like, okay, what is this fucking thing that everyone is crapping their pants over? Right. And then right. you're going to watch it and say like, Oh, that's not good. It's just a music video. Well, yeah, it is just a music video. That's all it is. Like it, but, it's not, but it's a damn it, like, good one. That's all people. It's are. an amazing one. Yeah. It's one of the best I've ever seen. Like that's why I'm not watching it on listening. To, I listened to it on Spotify after watching the video several times. And I'm like, Oh shit, where are the gunshots? Like I missed that because that, what you see and hear in the video is so important, I think, to the song and why it's resonated so deeply with a lot of people, myself included. For one thing, it's, like, incredibly well shot. It's directed by Hiro Murai, who does a lot of Atlanta. These beautiful long takes with all this background action going on. The the comment... The, the way Donald Glover is able to criticize, like, everything that's happened in this country over the past five years, like... From Music to Politics, in a four minute banger of a tune, is incredible, like, everything about it is just so fucking good, and every time I watch it, I, I find something new, like, it took me seven viewings to realize that moment where a guy just jumps off the top floor and, like, commits suicide, you know, like, there are all these little things that you just don't see, and then it ends, like, like a 30 second horror movie There's just so much going on man I don't even know where to begin I think it's absolutely brilliant Donald glovers is He's just like a He's a true genius in the real sense of the word
0: I yeah, think. he's on fire right now. You know, last episode we were talking about Atlanta. Atlanta has wrapped since we finished. Uh, we're not caught up on that, so maybe we'll talk about that later. But uh, you yeah, know, how far how far are you into it? I way? didn't catch up. I've seen the episode after Teddy Perkins. So like, you know, between Hero uh, directing, you know, the Teddy Perkins episode and This Is America, you know, he's he's that motherfucker's on fire too right now. It's not just Donald Glover; his whole team is just doing crazy stuff right now and you know he's also got solo coming out so donald glover he's he's probably the biggest star we have of this current week you know who knows what's going to be happening in a few weeks but right now he's all anybody can talk about
1: no it's his year right now yeah for sure like if if i this is a culture podcast if i were to think of like who is the dominant cultural figure in 2018 right now glover's got the throne for sure like, he has... He's put out... I, I, I've i watched a few more episodes. The one you're about to watch next called Woods. Yeah. I personally would put up with Teddy Perkins. Ooh. I'll wait to see what you say. I don't want to hype it too much to get your excitement level too high. But, to me, it's just as good as that episode in its own way. And he hosted SNL, which I heard a lot of people say, just in terms of the sketch comedy part, he was fantastic at. He released, like the most important and just one of the purely best musically singles of the year, easily the best music video of the year. He's about to co-star in one of the biggest films of the year. He's just, he's doing it all, man. Yeah. It's incredible.
0: Yeah. It's a great juggling act. That's really admirable to watch. He's cause you know, for me, he's somebody who, I've always really liked, but I don't know that I've ever considered myself like a massive Donald Glover fan. It's definitely his moment in terms of all the pieces seem to have aligned correctly. Like he's done television and comedy that I've enjoyed before. He's done some, like I didn't really enjoy the early childish Gambino records all that much. I just, uh, not because I didn't think he was unskilled. I just didn't, not, it was something about the production and his style. I don't know, something just didn't appeal to me about it. But I loved Awaken My Love. His last album, yeah. that was all like a slide in the Family Stone Funk, you know, psychedelic album. That was great. And so in Atlanta, like I, Atlanta finally came, I was like, oh, I really love that he's doing, you know, what he's doing with Atlanta. He's doing like a black hip hop drug dealer version of Louie. And in Twin Peaks combined. And it's, and it's great. And so he's really just his brand. He's found some way to like where his music has gotten to a place like, Oh yeah, I didn't like the early stuff, but I really love this. Um, and his, the, the television work he's doing is at a whole new level right now in terms of tonal balance of really great comedy and hilarious stuff, but also like biting social satire. And that's really like what he's doing right now. He's making important entertainment and like people are just they're hungry for that right now. It's everyone's got a, politics and you know, what's going on on their minds. So I think he's just tapping into that and you know, he's that, he's the guy of the moment. He's the one saying what people want to hear.
1: The crazy thing is too, he could totally, if he wanted to, if he had pursued it, he could currently be one of the best stand-ups working. Cause I rewatched something that I loved when it came out, his 2012 stand-up special called weirdo. Yeah. yeah. Which is still on Netflix. And I watched it or a good chunk of it anyway, while I was down in Texas, um, just after This Is America, I had, like, Donald Glover fever and wanted to go back to it. And beyond his great, what I thought was a a really great performance on Community, where he handled, like, slapstick really well and just had great facial comedic timing. You know, he's always been really great with his body as an actor. But Weirdo, A, it's so crazy to watch because it's only six years old and he looks like a child. He looks like a 15-year-old performing stand-up but it's still so funny and on point. Like, there's a lot of early comedian stuff you notice where, like, you know, he's trying to do the thing that Louis C.K. mastered where it sounds very conversational and then he pauses because he's anticipating an audience reaction and it doesn't always get there for him because, you know, Louis had decades to master that and Donald Glover was, I don't know how deep in a stand-up he was at this point, but it was he was already so good back then that if he wanted to right now, he could be on, like, the John Mulaney level of a stand up master at this point. And he decided not to because he knew he could go create shows and music and star in movies. Like he can literally do whatever he wants. And it's really rare when, uh, when just like an artistic talent like that comes around, Like does not happen very often. So I'm, I'm excited, man. This is America got me super pumped. I agree with you totally on Childish Gambino. You know, his earlier stuff just kind of felt like, you know, it was just rap that didn't really separate itself Uh, from other artists "Awaken my love was a really creative step that i enjoyed this is america it feels like something else um i I don't know if he's gonna do anything else with it if i don't know if this means the cds come in or if he's just gonna occasionally drop a single when he's inspired to do so but he's at that point now where he can just do that like he can just do whatever he wants i've and it's it's awesome i've listened to the
0: song a good amount of times on spotify at this point because it's i have like playlists that i make and i tend to like just shuffled around those playlists that I make each month uh it's kind of like what I'm into so that's on there and it's kind of been in heavy rotation because of that but like you said I have not been able to hear the song without picturing the video and you know it's hard to get it's hard to like hear the song and separate the two like they're so strongly intertwined at this point you know it's kind of like I don't know As strong as something is, you know, you you hear Thriller and you think of the Michael Jackson Thriller dance, you know, like whatever, like.
1: Exactly. That's a great comparison.
0: You know, like it's hard to like separate the two at a certain point.
1: And it's hard to not picture that choir being gunned down.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. When it gets to that point uh, in the song, you're like, oh, I know exactly where I'm at in the video right now. And I know exactly the imagery that I'm seeing. Because uh, it's, cause it's so striking and so intertwined with the rhythms of the song, too. So, it, like, when he says, get down, you know, and he, like it's like you instantly see him dancing on the cars at the end or whatever.
1: Yeah, like flicking that joint and then just starting to dance. And then you see, like, SZA just randomly sitting on a car.
0: I wouldn't have known that was SZA unless someone told me. Like, I'm a big fan of SZA, but I wouldn't have known
1: her from that far. I gotta say, uh, so speaking of culture catch-up, um, this isn't really catch-up because... She's a little older, but I was also a fan of SZA, but didn't really listen to her albums extensively. Oh, oh, man, Um, I
0: I did last year. I listened to a a ton.
1: Yeah. Well, I always liked her, but so Camila Mendez is a huge SZA fan, as I found out. So I listened to a lot of SZA down in Texas, and I have been on a huge SZA kick. She is fucking awesome. Yeah. Like, her album uh, Control. Control is so, so good. It's so good. I can't stop listening. I was listening to it today while I was reading. I was reading um Don Winslow's new book, book The Force. I don't know if you've ever read him I had
0: it in my hand at the airport like a couple days ago. I was
1: It's a super easy read. I would highly recommend it, especially for you. It's a little cheesy. Like he goes with the like cop slang a little hard sometimes. I'm a New York cop. <laughs> yeah, like... but you know, he really he reminds me a lot of like a modern Elmore Leonard or something it's really entertaining and really brisk to read I mean I was I read like 150 pages in an hour and a half today nice. while I was just listening to SZA it was great yeah so,
0: S- SZA's got the song that my favorite song on there which was like high on my top 10 songs of last year it was or it was like number eight or something or number maybe even number 12 or somewhere along like I that know line. which one can I guess yeah but now it would be like because I'm still continuing to play it like every week like now it would be like number two or three if I was to redo the list yeah baby there it is
1: prompt yeah yeah I knew it good one
0: It's, yeah, that that song uh, means a lot to me. I I, have, I I won't go into it now, but uh, that song means a lot to me. I like I like what that song's about. I like the groove. I like the beat. I like what her voice is doing. I like everything about
1: that song. Phil, yes, did you take a high school girl to prom? uh that's yeah no that's uh, not (laughs) not what that song's about the song's about stand down chris hansen stand down it was a false alarm okay
0: prom in that song me is like half a promise so that's what it's being referred to in that song if you must know anyway
1: i didn't ask you to mansplain that song to me but thank you
0: well if you're gonna call me a pedophile i'm gonna give you an explanation (laughs) of a song.
1: (laughs) <laughs> but yes this is fucking great and so is that don winslow book i would check it out
0: awesome all right well um what i you know what i'm going to tell you to check out we, you've already checked it out i was going to talk about it in regards to like you were talking about childish gambino he's a genius whatever you're excited to see where he going yeah 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 so like i was thinking i was going to do some transition of being like well you know hopefully he doesn't end up going fucking crazy like kanye west because kanye released two singles as well and you know yeah. they're uh you know they're interesting you know what? Do what do you think of the new con What do you think of "Lift
1: Yourself"? You liked it, didn't you? I did like "Lift Yourself." <laughs> I, right. I got to admit, I liked "Lift Yourself."
0: All right, I all right. To be clear about "Lift Yourself," for those who have not heard it, I will here. I'll put a little sample right here.
1: They don't really we realize, though, today, ay, ay, this next verse, this before. next verse, though, these bars. sound yourself up on your feet. yourself
0: up, up, your up your scoop. Scoop-dee-dee-whoop. Whoop-dee-scoop-dee-poop. Poop-dee-scoop-dee-scoop-dee-whoop. Whoopity scoop-whoop-poop. Poop-dee-dee-whoop-scoop. Poop. Poop. Scoop-dee-dee-whoop.
1: Whoop dee scoop. Whoop dee scoop poop.
0: So now that you've heard it, you'll hear that it's like a, a soul beat, like an old school ha, chipmunk soul that. Kanye used to do. And then people are like, Oh, this is great. It's the old Kanye. And then like the last 30 seconds, he comes through with his motherfucking rap about poopity scoop and scoop and poop and scoopity poop, poop. And like, you know, all that. And the first time I heard it, my, my head held low and I was like, what the, what are you doing to me, Kanye? And I didn't know if it was just like a joke. Cause he was mocking people. Like it just like, Oh, you want to be excited about my new song here? Here's, here's a, I'm going to make fun of you with this bullshit." I didn't know if it was like a serious statement that he was trying to make. I I didn't know what to make of it. And I still quite don't. That said, Scoopity Poop has become quite popular. And a lot of people like to make the jokes about Scoopity Poop. And I have, I'm in this weird tormented place of like, well, you know, it's a killer beat. And everybody like remembers Scoopity Poop. And it's very memorable despite how stupid it is. So has Kanye West won again somehow by me never being able to forget this stupid fucking song?
1: Yes, he absolutely won with that song because not only does he rap about scoop diddy poop, but he's hyping himself up in the song. That's what. Like, yeah, that, that's how you know it's a joke. Verse. Here it You're comes, love man. It. Yeah, here that's... it comes, best verse ever. And then it's scoop diddy whoop diddy poop scoop, and it's so fucking funny, man. It's so like it's totally a troll. It's a total troll. I like troll. That the songs. I like that the songs called "Lift Yourself." It's almost like he's saying, like, go fuck off. Do your own thing. Let me do mine. I, yeah, I don't know. Maybe man. it's like it's so ca- it's so calculated with Kanye. Like he gets back on Twitter. Everyone gets excited. He goes all in on Trump. He releases these two awful. T- the other one with T.I. is like legitimately bad. I don't like it's that. It's
0: off. I mean, it's a, like once again, I, I it's interesting to talk about it. We can talk about it, but it's not a good song.
1: It, uh, it's not a song. It's, it's not even a song. It's an R.A. Ar- the yeah, title. The title cracks me up though because it's Ye vs. The People and then in parentheses starring T.I. as the people. <laughs> I just think that's that alone is like another troll from Kanye, which kind of makes me laugh. But the song is unlistenable, it's y- just garbage.
0: My favorite Kanye title f- with a feature is Without a Doubt on Jesus track four, I Am a God, featuring God.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I mean, Kanye's a troll. These aren't songs that are really gonna like, like, even Lift Yourself, it has a good beat. And the the rap is funny, but like you're not gonna put that on repeat or anything. Like it's funny to play as a joke. I think it's just him like staying in the conversation. It's part of it's just it's this weird balance where we don't know how much of what Kanye's doing is calculated here's the to thing. Just stay in the spotlight versus how how much of his mind is gone
0: let me give you i'll I'll give everyone my brief kanye rundown i will say for the record i'm a massive kanye west fan mostly and just musically i'm speaking i i don't like worship at the altar of kanye in terms of like thinking he's an intellectual person that i should listen to i definitely i definitely don't think that but i will say that kanye is such a fascinating figure to me because he just like he's one of the it's almost like the reverse him and trump belong together that's the thing i'm not mad at him about the trump thing i look at him and trump and i'm like these two make complete sense together their egos are the exact same the way they react to situations and it's almost the same way in terms of like you you, you look at donald trump and you're like you're a fucking moron but somehow you've managed to become the president of the united states somehow you fucked your way to the top And then I look at Kanye and I'm like, you're a fucking moron. You're, you obviously have no like impulse control. You have emotional control issues. Like, you know, there's all these other things, but somehow you've managed to create the most influential group of hip hop albums of the last decade or so, you know, like, and you're like one of the most influential, important artists out there right now, but yet you're like this moron. And it's amazing to me that these people can kind of, you know exist in this way. Cause I, I, I don't think Kanye's calculated. I think he's just flying off the seat of his pants and he'll just like Donald Trump. He's just winging it. He, he'll lie. He'll say whatever comes to his mind, whoever's there being nice to him at the time, he'll say nice things about like, that's just kind of how he rolls. He like, he re, he responds to flattery. He's, you know, easily personally offended. Uh, you know, he'll talk trash about anybody, you know, they, they, they belong together. So I also like don't care about Kanye, like wearing the make America great hat uh, hat again. Like that, I understand why that offends people, but I, that to me, that's giving Kanye too much credit as an intellectual, you know, like I'm like, you guys have spent the last 10 years telling everyone not to listen to Kanye. And now here he's doing something and you're like, just tell him to keep not listening to him. He's a moron. But yeah, that said, even when he makes these ridiculously stupid songs, he has some weird point that I agree with or, he, you know, he stumbles into being correct. Like, you might think the George W. Bush doesn't care about black people thing is offensive and shocking at the time. But in retrospect, you're like, hey, I'm kind of happy he said that. Like, look at him, you know, and it was the right thing. He's weirdly right sometimes. And some of the points he's making are interesting. And he has made a career out of being different. You know, I think that's his brand. And he wants to stand out because, you know, you have to keep in mind, he completely altered the phase of hip-hop before like before that it was all gangster rap and like dr dre and 50 cent were the big things and eminem like angry misogynistic gay hating like you know very very a different style of rap he was the one who kind of really changed the game and the sound and, and what was acceptable in terms of a hip-hop career so like i think he's just like at that point where he's tried to be different for so long now he's just out of the fucking universe I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. He's got new music coming out. I actually, I, I hope that Lift Yourself is not on the new album, but whatever. If it is, that's fine. But he has a habit of releasing singles that end up not being on the actual album. Yeah. once I, out.
1: I'm with you musically. I think Kanye's a great, great musical artist. Um, I'm always down to listen to new Kanye music. There's a really good article. I forget where it is. I can look it up real quickly, but the author is ta Coats. Coates. Yeah. And it was in The Atlantic. If you if people Google uh, The Atlantic, the article's called I'm Not Black, I'm Kanye. And the subtitle is Kanye West Wants Freedom, White Freedom. And the argument that Ta-Nehisi Coates is trying to make is... That what Kanye is doing, what his goal is, you know, because he's going on all these rants about like, can't you see how free I am? And responding to people who think he's in the sunken place and all this shit, like, <laughs>
0: yeah. his,
1: I, I love his it. A, his, I think that this Coates's argument is what Kanye is trying to do with all the the crazy shit he's saying about being pro Trump and all this stuff, um, is to be able to talk and say whatever he wants, free of consequence. Um and it's it's a pretty enlightening article. I don't know if I agree with all of it, but it's definitely worth reading. Um it's stimulating to say the least. So who knows yeah. if that's Kanye's goal if he's even thinking that deeply about it, but it's it's definitely worth um perusing that. I think it's just it's it's always interesting when Kanye's in the mix. He's just such a wild card. Yeah. Like well, I like having him around. And people you shouldn't take like you shouldn't look at what Kanye says. And really put that much weight behind it. Like he's never been, he's never been one of those pop culture figures that has led the way on anything super meaningful beyond the music. Like musically, yes, he's a trailblazer. Beyond that, he's always kind of been a goofball.
0: Yeah, and his shoes are fucking ugly.
1: And I think, yeah, and his shoes are fucking ugly. And it's just, just keep that in mind, people.
0: <laughs> I mean, and, and all right, two more points, and then we'll get out of here. I'll, I'll, I'll be brief. The first is that as a fan of him, I will say he's I think people who are not fans of him and who just like know him from his tantrums and stuff are not quite as aware of how self-aware Kanye is. If you listen to the music and his how he talks about himself, he's clearly very aware of when he's trying to push buttons like like you said, like he'll do a little like. Troll, like, oh, look at this verse I'm about to do. Like, it's uh, he'll give you little hints that, like, let you know that he's joking or that he knows that this is a silly thing that he's about to do. And he's always had a sense of humor. He's always, like, you know, on Life of Pablo, there's a track, uh, We Love Kanye, all about, like, how people don't like it's him singing about people don't like him, how he's a jerk now and they want his old soul samples. And he, you know, and he's not, he's kind of laughing about it. He's not, like, angry and being mean. He's just kind of, like, laughing, like, you know, you're a dick now, Kanye. And You know, for him, he's trying to live some art life and stuff. But that said, you know, don't take these guys so seriously. Even like Donald Glover, we're giving him all this fucking credit now because he made a really cool video. He has a really awesome TV show right now. And but at the same time, like, yeah, in that New Yorker profile, he said he felt like Jesus. And, you know, like down the road, he's probably going to say something else that's probably weird or stupid or that we don't like agree with. But like, that's okay. Like, let the let these guys be human beings Like, we don't need to look... They're okay being just, like, musical artists or television artists, whatever. Like, we don't need them to be, like, our intellectual thinkers, you know, perfect intellectual thinkers at all times. You know, like, they're just human beings. So, like, don't take everything so seriously, guys.
1: I agree. At the same time, uh, This Is America is something people should watch and take somewhat seriously because it's enlightening, I think.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's definitely, like, a good think piece, you know, like, definitely worth watching. But at the same time, I'm just saying, like, you know, if Donald Glover like let the art said, speak for itself. Yeah, yeah. Like said, yeah. Let's not like write everyone off. You know, based on one thing they say or one thing they do or whatever. Yeah. Like, anyway. didn't John
1: Lennon say that the Beatles were bigger than Jesus? Or is that? There, yeah, he said misinterpreted. that. Dude, like,
0: yeah. There's all we 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 can have an ongoing discussion about like separating the art from the artists and everything like continuously because you know like what I think like Beethoven or someone beat beat his wife. You know, like, Gandhi hated black people, I think. You know, like, there's all these, like, you know, if you actually, like, go into the history of some of these great men, you know, Martin Luther King cheated on his wife all the time. Like, there's... These are... Bill Cosby rapes women. Like, these are complicated figures, and, you know... Looking at their art is interesting, but sometimes you're gonna have to separate what who they are as human beings if you're ever gonna parse through it all.
1: Yeah, Bill Cosby raped a lot of women, though.
0: Yeah, definitely, he raped a lot of women. And Shell was Fuck really Bill
1: Cosby forever.
0: Yeah, Shell was like heartbroken about that because she grew up like hardcore on Bill Cosby, like memorized all his stand-up tapes and everything when she was a kid. Like used to watch the show all the time. She like she makes Cosby references constantly, and she's like, "Ah, oh, I can't do that anymore." I'm like, "Yeah, he rapes." like a lot he
1: rapes you can't do that he rapes yeah
0: that's that's what Cosby does you know the thing about like the Cosby's of the world obviously like raping women and drugging them is horrifying and monstrous but like that extra layer of just like disgust is how he like the moral authority that he like imbued throughout his life And yeah. like and the way he judged others throughout his career on their moral standing like that's what makes it all the more disgusting is you're like dude you're a monster and you like wouldn't let Lisa Bonet on the show anymore Cause she did a sex scene in a movie. Like, go fuck yeah, yourself. He, he
1: tried to be. He tried to be black dad for like two decades in America. Yeah, and it's always the people like that, man. It's like the fucking, you know, parishioners dominating cities who you find out are like raping little boys left and right. You know, or yeah. like these politicians trying to ban gay marriage and they're like
0: sucking cock. Blowing. Yeah,
1: yeah. It's just. It's always people like that. Ugh. are yeah, the worst. They're the,
0: the, worst. Just, they're the fucking worst. Uh, so. All right. So what else? What else happened? So like, Donald Trump disbanded the Iran deal. What else happened while we were gone? There's some. There's you know whatever. A lot of political yeah. shit happened. I I noticed my political podcast feeds were exploding in the time that I was gone. I was like, I'm gonna leave you to wait in the states.
1: Yeah. Since I since I've been gone, I haven't been nearly as up to date as I normally would. I mean, obviously, I knew about the Iran deal, and uh, I don't know. It Sucks. I mean, they're they're basically. They're going to try to negotiate the same type of deal with North Korea. Yet he backs out of Iran. It just makes no sense. It's just because Obama did it.
0: Yeah, you know, we'll see. Whatever. Who knows what will happen. Speaking of, you know, my recommendation for the week is based on politics. If you want to get into our our recommendations, start wrapping things up for this week, if um, if you're good. All right. Uh, All right. So I'll jump into my recommendations. My big recommendation this week, uh, while I was gone, I read, and you already mentioned an Atlantic article, article. I'm going to mention another one. It is called The Hardest Job in the World by John Dickerson. It is a very lengthy article. Um, John Dickerson, the host of CBS This Morning and several other shows, uh, on CBS. And he also has a podcast that I love called whistle stop, which is all about like presidential history. And he does has another uh, slate political gab fest that I listen to, but I'm a big John Dickerson fan. That's why I read the article in the first place. But the article is a is a lengthy breakdown of the presidency and the job of the presidency and basically how the job has grown over You know, decades and decades, and what the what is required of the president in that role, and how we as the American people expect them to be the consoler in chief. We expect them to pass laws while protecting, while sending recovery to you know national crisis like hurricanes or something, while dealing with foreign trade and brokering peace in the Middle East, while you know building jobs back home, while being fun and charismatic on talk shows and having a beautiful family, while also it's basically about how impossible the job is for any one man to do at this point and how any person, regardless of politics, you know, is going to go in there and no one can be all those things to all the people in America. And it's just like, you're no one, anyone who's going in that job at this point is going to be torn apart by most of the country for their entire tenure there. And there's no way they can avoid that. And there, there's no way one man can kind of manage what's all expected, that the American people expected the job at this point. And the article does a great job of breaking down how the role has changed and how the size of what the president's expected to do has changed and how it's uh, not necessarily in line with what the framers designed. They thought Congress was going to have a much stronger role. They did not expect the president to be, so dominant of a force in the power structure so it was supposed to be more equal we're supposed to have a lot more stuff from congress but it's it's a really great read a really lengthy read but all but well worth it and i would definitely suggest diving in if you're interested in politics and interested on a kind of a big macro view look at the office of president as a whole and not you know necessarily just seeing out even donald trump has done some interesting things that, you know, may be good for the presidency as a whole in terms of breaking from some of the norms. You know, obviously, like, some of it's horrifying and disgusting. I don't want to defend Donald Trump. But, you know, like, the article does a good job of illustrating how some of the normalcies of the presidency were unattainable anyway, and and we're going to break at some point. So it's an interesting read that I would highly recommend.
1: Sounds fun.
0: Yeah, sounds about as much fun as uh, Tom's vet bills coming up.
1: Speaking of fun, I would like to recommend a book that I read while I was down south. Um, Obviously, I wanted to uh, read something light, so I read this book called Human Acts by Han Kang. Sounds light. It's about the this uprising that the student uprising that took place in South Korea in 1980, that led to a lot of dead children and teenagers. sounds and very,
0: sounds very light. Yeah. <laughs>
1: yeah. The, the author was, uh, I believe she was, a uh, maybe like an eight year old girl when it happened. So it's, um, told over seven chapters, each from the perspective of a different person dealing with the death of this young boy named Dong Ho. Um, and it's really heartbreaking, but it's very beautifully written. It's poetic. Uh, she won the Man Booker Prize for an earlier novel called The Vegetarian, which I think came out in 2013. And uh, Human Acts came out either last year or in 2016. I picked it up on the airport on my way down. But it's a um, really, really beautiful book. One chapter in particular just broke my heart. It's from the perspective of a teenage boy who was killed in this mass shooting by the government and his body is dumped in a mass grave, and his soul is kind of stuck to his corpse. And he's the soul, like, slowly makes its way up along the mass graves and is able to tell instantly, like, where the people he loves are, if they're still alive or dead, and figuring out why he's kind of trapped down there and can't leave. It's a really powerful story. Told me a, a piece of world history that I really knew nothing about, this, this uprising that took place in 1980. Yeah. Han Kang. The book's called Human Acts. It's 200 pages. Really quick read, but it's heavy, so you kind of got to take your time with it. Um, I also... I read Stephen
0: King on my vacation.
1: Yeah, I took a Stephen King break. I've been reading a lot of King this year. Which one did you read?
0: I finished Songs of Susanna, the sixth Dark Tower book. I am finishing that goddamn series soon. I literally have the book, seventh and final book, next to my bed. Right now, it is getting cracked open tomorrow. I think so.
1: Oh, nice. Maybe we should read it at the same time because I I read Song of Susanna last year and I haven't picked up the last one yet because I kind of wanted to savor it. And
0: yeah, interesting read. Interesting read. I I have you know we can definitely talk about that series as a whole. I really I have a friend who wants to get drunk and after I finish the whole series, he wants to get drunk and watch the movie because however they I I re, I didn't want to watch it until I finished the book series because. However they took like 5,000 pages and compressed it down to 90 minutes is, I'm going to need to be drunk for it. So I'm I'm excited for that.
1: Yeah, I'm down to do that, too. I also watched a a pretty interesting horror movie called Ghost Stories. Nice. um, Which is actually based on a play in London that was adapted to the screen. it's, It's an anthology pretty much where this myth debunker goes to this, like his old idol who had his own television show. And tries to crack these three ghost stories that end up being interconnected, and the the protagonist, who's kind of our gateway into the stories, is somehow tied into all of it. It's pretty clever, well done. I saw it at the Alamo Draft House in Austin, which was awesome. Nice. Um, I'm there. also reading. We need to talk about Kevin.
0: I'm watching. I, that's weird that you say that, man. I was literally sitting here, like about to speak up on we don't. We need to talk about Kevin
1: the movie or the book
0: the movie because i was going to like i was like oh i have some recommendations cuz i've i've watched a couple things for class and so like here's my quick recommendations just to get them out of the way i was going to say hey i watched the ritual really loved the ritual thought it was really good nice. good watch go watch the ritual and then i was going to be like oh and just for class really quick i'm i'm taking a women in film class right now so i've been watching a lot of films directed by women and uh, also to go back to this We talked about Lynn Ramsey on a previous episode. My current number one of the year is uh, You Were Never Really Here. I think that movie is incredible. So anyway, going back to what I was going to say, Women in Film, this week I have watched, since coming back, I watched Whale Rider today, and I watched Winner's Bone yesterday, and I need to watch, we need to talk about Kevin again, I think uh, tomorrow or so. So I'm really excited to watch that one again. I love that movie uh, Lynn Ramsey is amazing and yeah so those are all good movies that I would recommend about women and directed by women
1: well I say we do a Lynn Ramsey episode because she's only made four features she's a super talented interesting filmmaker with a unique perspective I'll be done with the book soon so we can add that onto the list and we can just make that a whole episode
0: yeah and uh, I don't know if Ratcatcher is anywhere to we'll like stream easy i i know that um right now on amazon you can watch morvin Caller.
1: so uh yep. yeah
0: so between that and i know on canopy right now you can watch we need to talk about kevin and in theaters yeah, Ke-
1: kevin's easily available and you were never really here will probably be streaming if it isn't already pretty soon
0: Hell yeah so all right anything else you want to go over before we uh dip out of here and uh jump into something in the next couple of days
1: uh no i'm gonna go finish atlanta and no actually i'm gonna go take weirdo to the er to put another catheter up his dick can't wait
0: okay well i'm sorry to hear that i'm gonna go to bed
1: all right buddy this was fun let's do it again soon
0: oh i can't wait i'll see you um in a few days buddy we'll talk soon all
1: right love you everybody don't forget to love each other
0: all right see ya scoopity poop